0: Welcome Pathfinders to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path.
1: Special extra catfolk edition. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Extra
2: catfolk edition.
1: Now with 300%
0: more catfolk. It's the catfolk deluxe edition. (laughs) All catfolk all the time. You have unlocked two NPCs. (laughs) Yeah. Unlocked? (laughs) Achievement unlocked. Perfect. Catastrophe. Would be the name of the achievement. Oh, yeah. When, last we had left our heroes, the doorkeepers, still at the walled oasis deep in the Parched Dunes, the northern stretch of the Parched Dunes. After finishing their fight with Picassi, had a somewhat short debate, followed by a long roleplay session with her, determining what happened and how she's uh, honestly... Well, I think you guys already struck during the Fated Tales that she was somewhat of a tragic figure. Yeah. uh, Yeah. How even here, despite the fact that she was pursuing Sudi with murderous intent, Mm. it was mostly out of a desire to free herself from the shackles that magically bound her. Because really, when you get down to it, magically binding outsiders is one of the crappiest things. It's basically like in her case that they summoned up a college student and offered her an internship that was unpaid, And also that she could never leave Mm -hmm. because she didn't really like, yeah, she, she wasn't experienced enough in the world. I'm I'm personally not delving too much into my own personal belief system here, but I am firmly against the idea of unpaid internships. Oh, uh, me too. Having gone
3: through student teaching.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, labor without compensation yeah
1: fun fact in texas it is illegal to have somebody do valuable work and not get paid for it
3: unless you're uh, a teacher tell that to all I'm the student teachers tell they that
1: are, you happen to be a teacher a rad tech and a bunch of other exceptions that i was gonna say out. tell
2: that to me when i was a student pulling you know basically 24 hour work weeks at the hospitals for clinicals, you're getting
0: paid with experience
2: yeah i know they kept uh, saying that freaking phrase and it just <laughs> makes me want to punch someone exposure somewhat. Technically, I paid you to come work for you.
0: Mm. So yeah, you can make the argument that Pekasi learned to be a monk from all of this, but at the same time, was it worth it? No. Considering, I'm, I'm assuming that they had her enslaved for
1: thousands of years, definitely not. Yasuti yeah. is, is living proof that it doesn't take that long to be a monk. <laughs> Apparently,
2: she didn't really have a problem with it until they started being corrupted by the influence of the trapezohedron. And also she, yeah. she
4: was a little bit corrupted by the influence because <laughs> yeah. her
2: heart was right next to it, hanging out. Because from yeah. her story, she was like, until they started acting shady because of the influence, she actually really enjoyed it. So as a
1: rock and yeah. sus. Yeah.
2: Also, mm. she
4: made the trapezohedron, which is wild.
1: That's tight. I thought that was really cool that they threw that she threw that in there because like I did kind of wonder where that came from.
4: I also like <laughs> that everybody was like, oh, no, Segura, why?
1: Pretty much. Why? We have just a moment of metagaming to all be like, Sagara! No, she
3: mentioned the Suli. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. She did. Yeah.
3: Yeah. There's not a whole lot of them that we know.
0: And we're just like, ah, that seems par for the course. That could be another Suli, but
2: is it? (laughs) How
3: many Suli are
0: there in the desert?
2: Especially one with a weird stone. Sure. <laughs>
0: you know. Yep. So following that, you had finished nursing the catfolk back to health. Eventually, one of them, a uh, catfolk by the name of Farah, had woken up. Had a short conversation with uh, with Sudi. Some of that, like I thought, all the eyes of Rawls were dead. And It's like not all the eyes are dead. I'm still here. <laughs> I'm the last Sudi Cantar.
1: Me, Sudi Kantar. Okay,
4: Luigi.
2: <laughs>
1: Well, because it's Ezio Auditori. It's, it's,
0: it's Italian. Yeah, yeah. it's the auditorium. Anyway, your you uncle know. comes out. It's like, don't you remember? It's me, Mario. I think he literally, like says, it's me, literally says, it's a me, Mario. literally says, it's a me, Mario. Anyway, all that notwithstanding, uh, she then had a conversation and in it revealed that Masika's mentor, Nima, was apparently just up, chilling. Apparently with the cat folk.
1: With and some magical shenanigans, because she hasn't checked in.
2: Yeah, I think we're going and to we catwalk. haven't been able to find her. Like we've the tribe has been using all sorts of magic to try to contact her, and none of it ever worked. I'm She's ready She's just in a run. really,
1: really dense lead box.
2: Yeah, sure. There's there's nothing nefarious about any of this at all. It's all perfectly right. fine.
0: So we left with Narmer going to disperse. He got to keep scorpions
2: one. a single one
1: I like that
0: that we remember very clearly that conversation (laughs) that's
1: the detail we remember of the last
0: episode
3: a nice meal of the other two Mm -hmm. a feast one might say yes she was coming
0: down behind (laughs) so the party rests through the night you awaken the next morning even Sudi who takes first shift or like I guess last shift at that point
1: yeah because I need somebody to cover the last two hours while I sleep is it Citra? probably
0: okay
4: That's when she does her uh, pedicures that nobody else sees. Yeah, yes.
0: (laughs) There you go. Yes.
4: It's
3: my secret pedicure hour.
2: That Narmer told everyone about.
0: Citra, as your companions wake up, you look over to see, uh, you guess both of the catfolk are awake? As you can see that the one that awoke last night, Farah, seems to be leaning over or whispering or chatting with the other cat folk. The Whispering is less in a conspiratorial sort of way and more of a way of not waking up any of your companions. Oh. Uh, as such, taking 10 and getting a 15, you can hear what they're saying, which she's just explaining the situation and you know, these people are here to help us. And the two figures are both tawny women. Again, emaciatedly thin from, you have no idea how long their tib- captivity here has been. In both of their cases, they're for just matted to them even with the recovery even with what Masika's been able to do for them obviously weakened from the ordeal feature wise they are very similar in a manner that you would think means that they're probably related or siblings
3: I thought they said they were
0: sisters to clarify that they are biological sisters and not sisters and we belong to the same tribe or anything like that oh okay Farah, the one that you spoke to before has bright golden eyes the other one while similar tawny colors eyes are closer to a shade of green more akin to like oxidized bronze the rest of your compatriots awaken Rahib unfurls her wings and watches all of you
4: I had a revelation in my sleep Set your hand me that wand uh the one of Kirin I was about to say I have a few
1: what
0: is this revelation
4: <laughs> I'll need 15
2: minutes and then I'll need this wand Paulus reads, uh, Masika is going to play with Narmer for an hour. Okay. I need my spells. <laughs> I figure Citra approaches the two
3: and just asks, is there anything I can get you right now? We'll be heading out probably in the next hour.
0: Fair. the one sitting up right now, shakes her head. No, you have been very kind to us.
2: I've got some spells that can help as soon as we finish this. Narmor, do a handstand.
0: Narmor <laughs> snaps his flippers at you. <laughs> Pay attention to Mr. Punchline. <laughs> but the, the other woman, still reclined, shakes her head as well. No, it is very generous of you to aid us.
3: Well, why wouldn't we? Why would you? Because you needed help. Don't really need much reason other than that.
0: Go ahead and have Citra make me a sense motive. She doesn't they trust don't help human other folk. people. Yeah, probably.
3: Outsider. <laughs> I rolled real well. I rolled an 18 for a 32.
0: For the briefest of moments, her eyes flicker to the Wayfinder dangling around your neck.
3: Mm. And then
0: back up towards uh-huh. you. Thank you. The other smiles. A toothy grin that you've gotten used to with Sudi being more of a smile and less of an intimidation factor because it is baring her sharp teeth. Mm-hmm. Do not mind, Kartesh; She is. She is leery.
3: If it makes her feel better, I got this from a friend who's not actually part of the Pathfinders, so I wouldn't worry about that if that's your concern. Ew, Pathfinder's gross.
0: You can make a diplomacy check.
3: Hollis says without (laughs) looking up from her book. (laughs) Uh,
0: I prefer my archaeology a little less extreme.
4: A little more studied and whatnot. I was
3: going to say, I didn't roll quite as well on that one. Uh, That'd be an eight for a 22.
0: The other catfolk, you think the older catfolk just eyes you and nods her head again the the younger one Farah. you estimate she's probably not much older than Sudi maybe in her late teens the other one seems to probably be in her early 20s Hmm. you guess whatever tragedy befell their people the younger probably was either too young to remember or not born yet
2: Hmm. well Falto's dad did bust in and uh yeah like a wrecking ball Uh uh-huh granted we don't know that
0: it's true and the fact that it wasn't even Falto's dad that was the issue there
4: Sagira's parents were problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Her dad specifically. Yeah. Also the Viper.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> also the Viper.
2: That was just a bad situation all around.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, Basically, it was a four-man adventuring team that more or less went, eh, we just eventually just fell apart due to infighting. This is why you only adventure with people that you can at the very least get along with. Mm-hmm.
4: true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> True. It's like they sat down at the Pathfinder Society table with that one murder hobo player. Mm. Yeah. I know we're supposed to be helping halflings escape from chiliacs, but what if I just kill them?
4: Technically, that frees them from their slavery.
0: (laughs)
3: Yeah. There's always that one person. I hate that logic.
0: (laughs) So, Sudi, what would you like to do? I suppose watching this conversation with Citro. I guess I'm
1: going to have to wait for everybody to get ready with their magics before we go, like, setting up the the camels and all that stuff. Yeah. But he gives, like, a worried look over at Masika as she's, like, playing around with Narmer and being happy and carefree. That's
2: how I get my spells. (laughs) It's
1: true. But he looks concerned.
2: Masika would raise an eyebrow, but continue doing whatever she and Narmer are doing.
1: Yeah, he makes a... uh, don't worry about it. You know, we'll talk about it later kind of thing. Pointedly
0: looks at the three strangers in the room. Not strangers, yeah. but mm-hmm. they're not part of the, the pride. Not yet, friends.
1: I was going to say, we, we save our private discussions for not when we have strangers who are, will judge us and barely know us. Because we don't want them to be judging us based on discussions we are having or would have if they weren't there. No, well, Hollis
4: slams her book closed and hands at her back the wand. And it's like... All right, put this in your backpack. Should work. I should be able to snap my fingers, say the word Accio, and the wand will come to my <laughs> you hand. Say,
1: you say it in the, and the wand snaps back immediately. <laughs> no, because that will
4: dismiss the spell. I have to. It's permanent until I use it once.
0: I think that was Jordan's joke is that you just spoke the you command word. You just spoke the command so
4: word. <laughs> so I didn't actually snap, though. Snapping spell. is imperative to completing the spell.
0: Oh, uh, okay. You okay. just okay. used the verbal, but not the somatic component. Correct. I see. Smart.
4: Oh, well, that should come in handy. Yeah, just don't put it in your belt or anything. It has to be kind of un- unattended,
3: so I think your backpack should do the trick. Okay. She says and shoves it in her bag. Okay. <laughs> you
0: have a handy haversack, don't you? I do. Huh, yeah, so it's no real different for you to retrieve it from there than...
4: That's where it usually is. And now two people, people can, can s-
0: retrieve it. Mm-hmm.
4: Without having to run all the way over to you. That's helpful.
2: That'll come in handy. I would make sure Narmer only has one scorpion when they finish the <laughs> spell routine. Okay, <laughs> Show me I, I me to...
1: I have to ask this because it just occurred to me. Has Narmer padded the inside so that he's not crushing the scorpion as he flies at a 50 feet? Because I'm afraid that he is no. going to literally just be crushing the scorpions within him.
0: No, he's a hearty little guy. He opens up the thing. He's also got an empty potion vial that someone finished using that he's poked some holes in the top. And there's a little dung beetle inside.
2: Why do you, why do you have a beetle?
0: I figured I'd diversify. Narmer,
2: one. <laughs> one pet.
0: Okay.
4: <laughs> sugar perks up. Yeah.
0: This,
1: this is like, this is like it, the funny part of Rick's internal rules lawyering being used to troll Masika is hilarious. Yoshi!
0: Shay, one Scorpion, not one. Oh, <laughs> Pet. All right, Shard sure, Duck. He then untaps it, and, like taps it out.
4: Sugar eats it immediately.
0: Oh, oh no, Sugar. Oh. The circle of life is complete. <laughs> From Dongyu lived and to Dongyu return. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I have to let Rocky go too?
2: Rocky? What's Rocky?
0: He pulls out a rock that he's like painted little eyes on. No, you
2: can keep that.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: One pet. But apparently, you can have a whole rock garden, and that's fine. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh my gosh, now I imagine Narmer, like, opening his chest cavity, and there's, like, a
0: beautiful, like, you know, he Japanese rock when garden he walks. that he's, like, combed <laughs> out into nice little, like, patterns. Mashika, when we get back to the camp, uh-huh. can we get some chauvin' gru?
2: No! Oh,
0: that's <laughs> a chauvin' gru. <laughs>
2: why? Why do you need it? Chauvin' gru. Why, why? Why?
0: He kind of gestures for you to lean down.
2: Mashika leans down.
0: I want to finish carving up Rocky. I'm going to glue him to my hand. No! <laughs> oh. But then, Shooty and I would be closer to brothers. Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh, oh he was so his own cute. Oh, It's so cute. Also
0: then, maybe I could also double in size.
2: You don't need to double in size.
1: I, I imagine Sudy just looks over at an armor and says, That's not how that works. That's not how any of this works.
3: <laughs> you are a living monolith. You could induct him. <laughs> Yes, but don't you need an another special stone in order to do Somebody that? Has to make a special The stone, stone is <laughs>
0: special. Look at his ass. Um, I, I
3: think it needs magical properties, not just painting quality.
1: I think game mechanically, it doesn't actually say it has to be a <laughs> special stone. You just have to have bought a stone worth however many hundreds of gold. Which
2: Rocky oh. is not worth. I am sorry in armor, but no.
0: The longer I polish him, the more he'll be worse. <laughs> Also, I know where Shrink's is now, so I can go and get a Shrinks to do whatever the Shrinks does. I think it's just lick you. <laughs> Don't you ever say bit. that to Teresora. I'm afraid there's you. a little
3: bit more to the ritual than that.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: There definitely was. There were oaths. There okay. were true names given. Oh, my true name's Narmer. That's very I, disturbing. I just
4: Again, Let's all be real, real close to the vest <laughs> with true names, y'all. <laughs>
2: I just pictured Narmer t- asking Ted to do this, and she just kind of flicks him away with her paw, like, shoo shoo, little catfish thing.
1: <laughs> I like yeah. that he goes up and he's like, I'm a cat too. You should totally do this to me.
4: <laughs> Your true name is Chesisak.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh. What a twist. Oh, I could be Chesisak Jr.
4: <laughs> Third of his name.
1: I suppose Sudi will go over to the camels and like motion, like do a, a kind of subtle motion for Masika to join him.
2: My Seika will head over. I've got to cast that spell on them anyway. Hollis
4: does make all of the, the, the horse-like things pulling the carriage look like giant Narmers. Why? Because <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> can you even do that? I mean, they can look oh my like vaguely whatever I want them to as long as they're horse-sized. And can pull I, I the just like
1: in. the fact <laughs> that what they look like is they just look like Narmers with little tiny feeties that are running really, really fast. <laughs>
4: they're very cute. Aww. Yeah. Wouldn't they fly? Well, they'll pull the... Sa- well, I don't know. I'm 10th level. I feel like that chariot does a lot of things now.
0: <laughs> um, I thought Let we me said, learn what it does. Yeah, it was like 12th level maybe it gets that? I don't know. And to clarify for the starvation and thirst. Uh-huh. So they, don't, they have not actually taken ability oh, damage. Okay. They've actually taken a non-lethal damage amount of, equal to their total hit points, which is what drove them to unconsciousness. And they're even taking lethal damage at that point because you continue to the non-lethal damage turns into lethal damage once you're unconscious from starvation characters who have taken non-lethal damage from lack of food and water are fatigue non-lethal damage from thirst and starvation cannot be recovered until the character gets food or water as needed uh, not even magic that restores hit points so feasibly you could actually just use healing magic
2: and i yeah i would have booped them with my once a day thing you know, last night. Okay. Um, But also, I cast, you know, create food and water in the morning for everybody for breakfast, so they've had food and water now, too.
0: Yeah. You have to kind of play nurse and periodically remind them. It's like, don't eat too Mm -hmm. fast. Don't drink too much. You know, you're still as desperate as you are for it.
2: Then they should be fine now, right? Yeah. And I'll go ahead and cast the lesser restorations just to get rid of any lingering exhaustion. So they're good to go. But, yeah, Masika... Goes over to Sudi. I mean, she's got to cast that spell on the rest of the camels anyway.
1: Well, and I assume we don't like... We, we took off some of their packs and things like that, so...
2: You're acting weird.
1: So yesterday you did... Something that I think I need to address.
2: What did I do? Uh,
1: you desecrated the corpse that we had just defeated. Yeah. <laughs> that we had just made. <laughs> to shove that little... Th- Thing inside of it
2: That's how it works
1: Yes, but we had We didn't How can I say this You shouldn't be desecrating corpses It's offensive to my deity
2: That's the only way the magic item works And we needed information
1: I mean, if it had been a skeleton Or, uh, you know, somebody who'd been dead for a long time Maybe it would have been better But that person hadn't even been buried yet And given proper rights
2: Masika just kind of shrugs I understand, but also we were trying to figure out what was going on here, and that was the only way to do it since you guys won't use your. She taps the side of her head where your turban would be hiding. Your brain? Yeah. You
0: won't use your brain. I'm sorry, I'm just interpreting. I'll wander off now.
4: (laughs) Nama, come here and look at these horses.
0: Horses?
3: Oh my god, they're so amazing!
0: You think no. that's off.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, it is the act of the desecration of a corpse. I mean, it's bad enough that our Muftat friend went and executed someone, but you then made it worse by desecrating their corpse in order for us to get information. I could have been convinced to use the mask, honestly. And I'm,
2: Citra refuses to let you use it.
1: I don't want to use it, but if I had to, I would have. But... We didn't need to kill her. We could have tried to interrogate her. She wasn't much of a threat if we had taken away her ability to do anything but speak. He says giving the side eye to Rahi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a little he's a little peeved at Rahi, but she's like he's got that whole like different culture different, you know, thing. I'm not going to we're not going to be adventuring with her a long time.
2: So basically you're telling me please don't use this really powerful magical item because I have to put it in their rib cage.
1: Not on creatures that have not been given proper rights if they've been buried if we find a mummy or something like that go for it i'd prefer we don't do that either but if we have to we have to
2: the new gods are weird i will ask your permission next time i do it
1: okay i don't know anubis's rights but i'm not sure if anubis would approve either
2: considering it's a statue of anubis
1: Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I like, like that she doesn't even say anything. She just pulls it out and kind of jiggles it and shows that it's Anubis. It's like a little chibi Anubis statue.
0: <laughs> to be well, no. fair, I <laughs> think they pull the
4: organs out of people and stuff. Yeah. And- yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Although to be fair, they do that with very small incisions. And interesting side note, hmm. just to throw this out there for everyone who likes uh, Egyptian history. The embalmers, there was a specific person that was given the job of making the cut on the corpse because that was considered to be anathema.
4: Oh, right. They hated that guy.
0: They would make the cut and then the family was allowed to hit them with sticks until they ran out of the room. Making the incision necessary to properly embalm them because they technically committed a sin by damaging the body.
4: Alright, let's just hit Masika with sticks so we can all be cool.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Soon he picks up his quarter staff.
4: No, no! you'll actually oh. injure her.
3: Hollis will be the beater because Hollis is bad at hitting things. <laughs> <laughs> I think yep. uh, Citrus is going to put a pretty hard no on beating people in this group.
1: Yeah, well, Hollis is just over here
3: playing with Narmer and the Narmer
4: we, horses. We hurt so. enough
1: on, on the regular. Yeah. We don't need to be hurting ourselves.
4: Hollis is pro-using magic items. Of course you are. Well, I mean, it's Hollis. Look, Wait. I made them real big. They're like big brothers, Sudi. Or not Sudi. Uh, they're like big brothers, Narma.
0: I know. They're like pure magical energy. Mm-hmm. They're even faintly blue like no matter chest light. He then opens it up and shines it. Nice. Oh no, Stinger. He like hops out and the scorpion goes skittering off. Oh, there
4: goes. oh you better go get him. Yeah.
0: Norman goes waddling off into the desert. Anyway, I
1: appreciate your future respect. He like kind of like pats uh, Masika on the shoulder and then just kind of like goes <laughs> off.
4: Sudi feels better.
1: Sooty feels better having talked to her
0: about something that he would literally never do. Jordan feels better about Rick getting on to him about possibly violating his code and losing his lawful alignment, all of his monk powers. (laughs) Well, no, I I had already planned to do this as a like, you know, Sooty meditates on this and
1: goes, this is awful. So (laughs) Rick brought it up and I was like, oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, speaking of which, if we didn't, if I didn't already say it, Sooty would give rights to um, the Afridi that we killed. He's got that like guilt trip going on him and like it, he's not good at it. He's just a lay priest, but he will just at least be like Phrasma taking to the next life, forgetting the fact that outsiders
0: don't go to a next life. I
4: mean, Hollis should be like, what are you doing?
0: You can give them a desert mummification if you want to. Uh, that would require me to dig a big hole.
2: Yeah. So
0: soon as
1: uh, we can can
2: start praying over everyone we kill...
1: I think I think it's it's uh, people that he's not
0: certain are actually true evil.
1: This lady kidnapped catfolk and starved
2: them to almost to death.
0: So just to clarify for Jordan's <laughs> statement, keep in mind that Feresma is true doesn't neutral. Care. She yeah, doesn't care know. if Phrasma they're evil care. or not, uh, but it is that giving them proper rights and such to ensure that they don't return as some sort of horrible abomination. Um, yes. There are, by the way, undead Afrita. Yep. Wild. Yeah, anything can become undead Uh, actually usually outsiders can't a Freed are a specific exception to it because of some sort of corruption to the nature of uh, genies created by the uh, evil god uh, Armon anyway so that's feasibly what they can become Uh, we'll assume that Sudi's
1: Sudi's Undead 101 had a special did you know most outsiders can't become undead but a Freedie can always bless a Freedie corpses
4: well you could ask uh, Holla she knows a lot about them she rolled pretty high on her check
0: I guess that's also true.
4: She is like a planar wizard. Like, it doesn't come up much, but that is her, like. Speciality.
0: Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, it, Sudi has interred a lot of the bodies that you found. I mean, so far out in the desert. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, we, we, we basically kind of, like, hand wave over the fact that I do that, but. Well, we hand wave over it because a majority of the things that you fight that are sentient explode. They have they don't leave anything behind. Also this. You just
4: kind of kick all their ashes into a little ashtray and you bury that.
0: <laughs> to an ashtray? Very, very nice <laughs> well, for combat, we're just
4: carrying that guy around because we got to take him back to the city.
0: Oh, yeah. It's true. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a ribcage so you can stick a Manubis statue in to talk to comic man that
4: would have yeah. been really helpful that's well, kind I of why for, they explored I think for huh? phrasma
0: it doesn't matter what state the body's in
1: it's that no. you still say a few words and proper rights may, even like you can kind of be kind of petty with it and be like may you reserve uh, you know may you uh, acquire may you your just rewards justly. yeah you're going you're going to the abyss for sure but like okay but I mean, it's fair. you
4: wanted to I guess so bye
0: I mean something something like that yeah <laughs> but yeah I suppose all of you uh, pack up Set off.
4: To the Moftet house.
0: So using the Phantom Chariot and the, uh, I can't remember what the name of Masika's spell is.
2: It's like a road? It's nature's path. Ah. Ah. It basically makes the desert like a road. I designate Sudi the driver, as always. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just
4: have to specify for the spell. I'm
0: the the only one who has any ranks in that. You set off. It takes you a majority of the day, but unlike uh, previous, you're now moving substantially faster
3: so do the camels keep up with this chariot
2: we can slow the chariot down to the camels pace
0: I was going to say they, yeah. they don't so but we slow the, the chariot
1: pace. to go at the same speed okay.
2: But the camels are moving overland much faster because it's as if we were on a worked road okay. instead of so difficult terrain
0: if you wanted to you could force march for an additional two hours to actually make it back today Okay. Um, how long do the camels last for uh, oh, Sorry, the, does the chariot yeah. last for
4: an hour per level so 10 hours
0: okay so you could make it today but you would have to not stop to rest at all
3: oh but could they mm. handle that because a it's yeah
0: well I mean they're just sitting in the back of the chariot yeah it's more of yeah, the camels but have you who ever are doing done
3: the 12 hour drive without stopping
0: no trust me it's not it, yeah it would not be pleasant they could at least stand up well know?
2: nature's path only lasts eight hours
0: so oh, the camels okay. are going to be okay. slowed down okay so then okay. i so don't we'll think we can make it
2: we'll have to rest
0: okay so you travel throughout the day making your way across the desert making your way back in the directions of the ruins of Carmel. rest for the evening settle in sudi i'm sure taking this opportunity to sit down with fellow cat folk. like what are Catfolk actually like because i grew up with people Farah is rather outgoing. To be perfectly honest, there's a little bit of a probably making Sudi super awkward. There's a little bit of a fangirliness to it where she's growing oh, up on these wow. legends of these awesome warriors who can increase in size and all the rest of that. And probably just like, can you, can you show me? Can you like? Can you do the whole like, I hear they called it embiggening. <laughs> <laughs> she she does not that's actually. That's is Sudi specific thing. <laughs>
1: That is special sooty powers. And apparently, uh, Kamala Khan in the event Marvel Avengers game, her ultimate ability is in Biggin, which I thought was hilarious. Because hmm. it's also a get big and do extra damage and have do- good defenses. So she basically has
0: Righteous Might. Again, Farah is more than willing to talk to you about, you guess, your people. Again, it's that you weren't raised in that culture, but you still are a catfolk. Amuran. Amuran. Kurtesh, however, is quiet. Hmm.
1: Does she seem like she's suspicious of me, or is it really just my companions that she's like kind of like weirded out about? Or she should just be traumatized?
0: Quite possibly, trauma is part of it. What is uh, what does Sudhi get taking ten on his sense motive? Seventeen. Okay.
3: I take ten for a twenty-four.
0: Okay, so yeah, you know, for Sudhi again, she just seems suspicious of all of you. For Citra, it's not really it's not suspicion specifically. That's an element of it you get this sense of this maybe even over protective big sister nature to her. Again, it's they've gotten out of this terrible situation and thanks to all of you and she seems to acknowledge that, but there's still that paranoia where she won't let her sister out of her sight. Yeah. you know Her sister's sudden interest in all these questions and everything of this figure supposedly basically of legend just coming out of nowhere. There's also even a certain amount of Sudi is a black cat folk. Yep,
1: there it is. I was wondering how long that was going
3: to take to come up. Is she a little bit hmm. racist. The,
0: black cat folk are seen as bad luck. Yeah. I know. Yep. Yeah. So it is that you know more than just that superstition of is just proximity to this person going to bring us bad fortune. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not that things could have gotten much worse in the situation that they were already in.
1: Yep, I was gonna Great. say this is the lesser of two evils. I think so. Hopefully, I get a little bit of a pass on that.
3: to say black cats are really only bad luck in American culture. That's true. It's white cats everywhere else.
0: As a side note, uh, everyone listening, if you're looking for a cat, make sure to adopt a black cat. They don't you're get kidding. adopted as much. You know, cute. there's a bunch of cat foundations. So, cute. so uh, get so your cute. own little house panther. Uh-huh. Yeah. Name them Mizra. Yeah. Name, Aww, name name Mizra. Them. Aww, Aww. That'd be so cute. <laughs> if. I will not lie, if anyone sends us a picture of a cat that they have adopted and named Isra, I will personally mail you a Find the Path t-shirt.
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: totally. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's clear those shelters That's of black cats. cats. I was, was going to say, we're suddenly getting to get a hundred emails yes. of people that are like, this black cat
0: is Isra. <laughs> <laughs> I trust our fans to uh, not give a fake name to their cats.
3: Well, and Halloween. Unless they're cats in
0: witness protection or something.
3: Halloween's always a rough time for black (laughs) cats because people will adopt the black cats, and then, like, like, once they get bigger, yeah, then they take them back to the shelters and then they don't want them anymore which is why black cats don't get adopted because then they're right. older and nobody wants the older cats even though they're
2: just as sweet and wonderful there's some organizations that won't even let black cats get adopted on on or around Halloween because yeah, people because do because awful things or people just want them as a prop for their Halloween costume and then return them
0: rude mm-hmm. all of that sadness aside adopt black cats yep. um,
2: they live longer and are generally healthier than other cat colors I think it has something to do with the High melanin in their skin,
0: oh huh. mm-hmm. you know Sudi, I imagine you uh settled in probably just trying to ignore the fact that kurtesh every once in a while is giving you this this side eye. I, yep, I imagine uh probably just kind of in a lull in the conversation, Ferris staring over at the uh the fire, the light reflecting in her twin eyes, so you didn't grow up out here
1: no no i I believe I was born out here. Uh, where the eyes of Ra and the children of Sekhmet went but my mother died and a sphinx took me to a man in Wati a sphinx? Mm. yes, uh, Tetesura.
0: I don't know if you know her She's Rahi looks over Tetesura, the guardian of the southern parched dunes yes, that one Pharaoh looks confusedly between the two of you um, no, no, I haven't met any sphinxes
4: Oh.
1: oh. I mean they're nice very confusing to talk to because they only speak in the riddles really but they're alright
4: not oh, all sphinxes nice. are nice it's don't good. be filling that nice girl's head yeah. with stuff that's not fully true
0: oh that's you true remember that you remember that sphinx that doesn't me I remember him the female, oh, sphinxes,
4: right. the, the female sphinxes are a chill it's the male ones you gotta watch out for the Gyro the Sphinxes or whatever. The Gyro Sphinxes.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, they yeah, have a, a hard, habit of spraying everywhere, yeah. you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, I was doing some uh, saving of the world in uh, Wati from an undead uprising. It was a whole thing. And uh, <laughs> she showed up and told me about the eyes of Ra. And that's how I became a living monolith. Huh.
0: Your friend said that you helped us just because it's the right thing to do.
1: Well, yes, that's not the common thing.
0: Most people take care of their own out here. Her sister nods. There's often not enough resources to go around.
1: Hmm, I understand that. And that's tough. I was. I was raised in a kind of very different way. I was raised by my father, who was a priest of Caden Calen, believed in
0: helping those who are oppressed, those who do not have enough. There is no register of that name when you say it. There's just like yeah,
2: okay. yeah. You're talking about the new gods out here.
1: It's a it's a new. He's a real deity. new god,
2: but he's cool. He's
1: actually a really new god. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned to to help other people when I. My father died when I was about eight. I was taken in by a local gang, not nice people, who were very self-interested and very much out to help themselves and no one else. And uh, I didn't particularly like it, but I had to do what I had to do to survive. Eventually, I got caught. I was put in a prison for a bit and uh, found Pharasma. And Pharasma is both a very helpful and not helpful deity, depending on which side you're looking at. She's the new—well, is she a new god? I guess she's the new god of life and death, compared to Anubis. She works with Anubis. Because I thought she was old.
0: Well, so Pharasma was worshipped in ancient Ossyrian.
1: Okay, but Pharasma teaches us to respect life, and when it is your time, to go in peace. And I just like everyone to stay here. And it doesn't really matter to me if someone is a human or a Maftat or Amuran. We're all just people. And we're worthy of having a life and having a full life.
0: So what brought you out here?
1: The cult that has been attacking your people have been attacking all over the desert. They've been seen in Wati and Tefu, where we were, and we followed them out here. And
0: now we're trying to stop them for good. At the mention of the cold, her lip twitches, just enough to reveal one shining white fang in the firelight. They are a constant bother here.
1: And they are a plague that has infected the entirety of the parched dunes. We've... Met very few people who have not had contact with them, and almost all are... Well, all are of a negative type. They are not good. They are not just. We believe what they are up to is of the
0: highest level of evil. She nods, stares at Sudi for a long moment. So this evil cult has caused us all of these issues, and now the Eye of Ra has returned. To stop them yes she smiles looks over towards her sister who is not smiling turns back so you like the heroes from the stories
1: i'm not sure if i'm exactly like them because i don't actually know what the eyes of Ra were really about i got well the experience. elders
0: always said that the eyes of Ra would never be truly gone and that eventually that they would return and we're facing these troubles and so you're sent to help us
1: Don't know about it. Yeah, Sudhi kind of ponders that.
4: Teddesura sent us.
1: I was sent in the way that Pharasma knows of fate and knows what will happen. I could also be seen to have been sent by Teddesura. I'm sent by the Sphinx to do that, although that was more in a roundabout way. But at the end of the day, I don't know if it matters if I'm sent by a God or sent by a Sphinx, I'm going to do what's necessary to help everyone.
0: She beams and nods energetically in a way that Citra again taking 10 off towards the side just goes, there's a little bit of that almost childlike hero worship there where this is, this is the knight from the stories given physical form returning to save her people in their hour of need. It's not wrong. Kurtesh, on the other hand, Looks on with a certain degree of skepticism.
3: I mean, it's not like Sudi's leaning into
0: it. But you aren't. Aren't what? You aren't trained in the ways of the eyes of Ra.
1: You are correct.
0: You aren't raised in our culture. You don't know our people. You don't worship our gods.
1: But that does not mean that I'm not willing to learn about your people your customs, and your ways because in another life where I was not separated from my mother, they would be mine. They are different than what I know, but that does not mean they are wrong. As for the religious belief, I have not had a lot of exposure to Sekhmet, admittedly, but I am interested in what could be learned from such a deity. If that makes any sense.
0: The Lady of Slaughter is not a patient teacher.
1: (laughs) I haven't had a lot of patient teachers in my time. See Sudi gaining ten levels of Unchained Monk and Living Monolith in the span of, what, six months?
0: (laughs) (laughs) She narrows her eyes, but her sister simply shakes her head. Once we get back to our people, we'd be happy to show you.
1: Let me be clear. I don't expect to be accepted immediately. I am an outsider that is wearing the trappings of a people that I'd know nothing about. I respect that. I ask only for the chance to prove myself to your people, and to show them that I have their best interest in heart as well as everyone else's.
0: The younger sister smiles. The older sister watches you. You will likely be given a chance. Do not expect to.
1: (laughs) That is understood actually lines up pretty well with what Sudi was already thinking as far as like what the children of Segment were going to be like a little xenophobic a little untrusting of outsiders seemed
0: about right you all rest having much to think about now awaken the following morning I suppose recast your spell or are you just going to walk the last uh, I think it's 16 miles
4: Nope, recasting my spell.
1: 16 miles. Yeah. I was going to say, 16 miles in the desert is a very long distance. Hollis yeah. is That's just like, why would that. I not cast this spell? It's hot out here, y'all.
4: <laughs> I make my little paper airplane, throw that off, and then I cast my spell.
1: You throw a paper airplane into the desert?
4: Well,
3: I mean. <laughs> little does she know, like, Stitcher goes and runs after it. <laughs>
1: I was gonna say you should just throw it in Citra's lap. Like you don't need to go throwing it into the desert for the sands of time to find you know somebody. I may chant it at Citra's head and laugh when it hits her.
3: (laughs) She unfolds it and adds it to the stack that she's got started. Excellent.
0: (laughs) But you then pack up and ride out. Uh, It's only about a three-hour ride at that point for you to make your way to the ruins of Kermaw. The ruins stand quietly as you'd seen them previously. Your guide, Rahi, takes to the wing and flies ahead of all of you once the ruins are in sight. And by the time you arrive, no one stops you as you make your way in through the gates to the city and navigate your way. Imagine dismounting the chariot and leaving it behind as you make your way into the city.
4: I can dismiss it. <laughs>
0: everyone falls to the ground.
4: Well, once everybody's off. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> once
0: everyone gets off. Mind the gap. <laughs> that's a big gap too <laughs> <laughs> it's a big gap <laughs> making your way in the Mofftet eye all of you curiously as you navigate your way back to this same house that you'd, that you'd met with Rayu in before you are led inside and find the older Mofftet sitting at his table hmm. he gestures for you to enter his daughter Rahi having already brushed ahead and alerted him to your arrival Six other dishes sit out. Ooh, nice. Uh, I imagine all of you sit down on the pillows here on the floor, begin eating as he looks over. You have proven your worth. It takes strength and purpose to survive the parched dunes. And I see now that you have both. Thank you.
3: Happy to help. Citra nods.
0: In return, I will help you in your quest. Ray ruffles his wings, leans forward placing his elbows on his knees. We'd lived for many generations in the shadow of the sightless sphinx, guarding and preserving it.
2: What um what exactly is the sightless sphinx? Is it a statue? Is it a temple? Is it I mean a city? Yes. Okay. Ah, all those
0: things. It is a great statue in the desert.
2: Didn't Tedasura's story say something about a statue?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's
2: on Hollis's crazy board. Hollis whips out the crazy board.
1: <laughs> Where did you conjure that from?
4: I used retrieve item. not <laughs> <laughs> that true, but it is hilarious.
0: It is a tall statue of a faceless sphinx sitting in the desert, winged, multi-limbed. It is also a temple, a statue both.
2: A temple to who?
0: Something that should not be spoken of. It is an evil place, but a place worth defending. We lived in its shadow, guarding, (sighs) preserving it, though never entering it. For ancient evil lingered within its crumbling walls. (sighs) But several of our Younger Ken, led by a brash youth named Usarib. There's a long pause there.
2: That's his brother, right?
1: And that's the traitor to their people. Well, we I don't think.
2: know how he's related to them. Mm. Yeah. And he just said he was younger. I have a feeling it's his son. Oh,
0: yeah. maybe. Oh, that would suck. He decided to explore the Sphinx. They decided to explore the Sphinx. Of the dozen who ventured within, only one returned, white with fear. She told us that Usurib had awakened the evil within the Sphinx and that it had corrupted him and the others. Her words held truth before we could attempt a rescue. Usarib and his followers attacked. Many in my tribe fell under their assault, and I was left with no choice but to abandon the Sphinx. We attempted to return, but others had entered, surrounded it, men with golden masks and devotion to a forgotten god.
3: Hmm.
0: A forgotten god king. His face takes on a solemn look. I could say that in our weakened condition and with the children to consider, we could not expect to win the day in an attack on the Sphinx. (sighs) This would be true, (sighs) but it is also true that our own kin still reside within the Sphinx. He looks past all of you to the open door. I do not know if they could be saved. Return to the pride. I do not know.
4: If it's a curse, we might be able to do something about that.
0: He looks up towards his daughter for a moment. I cannot imagine facing those we have raised from birth or making the decision to end my son's life.
1: Yuff,
0: you are strong and I believe worthy souls. He looks to his daughter, who nods again. We shall direct you to the Sightless Sphinx. May Sekmet grant you power in battle. May Toth give you the wisdom to do what is necessary. <sighs> I will answer what questions you have. Though I cannot spare my people to help you in this fight.
2: I mean, we understand.
1: How many of your people defected to
0: Uzrib? A dozen entered. One returned. The other ten still served at his side, I believe. Mm -hmm. I do not know if they survive or what condition they're in. There is an evil in that temple that corrupts body and soul.
3: Would we be able to talk to her by any chance? (sighs)
0: She did not survive her brother's return. He glances down, as does Rahi at apparently the loss of another sibling. When they attacked, she was the first to fall.
2: Do you have any idea what it is inside the temple, or just that it's something evil?
0: We only know a small bit about the history of the temple. It is not so ancient as many of the other older ruins of Osirian. It is a statue, six-legged, faceless sphinx, with wings... Like those of a bat. Anyone that wishes to may make me an ult to the plains.
4: I do wish to. Uh, I. Well, okay. I roll a 19 for a 39.
0: Wow, nice one. Sorry. Uh, with that, you are aware that, uh, Ereshkigal, the Faceless Sphinx, the demon prince of, uh, greed, portal, riddles is a faceless six-legged female sphinx whose midnight blue fur is sparse enough that her pale, ashen skin can be seen through it, demonic wings sprouting from her shoulder blades and her tail is the front head of a viper, or half of a viper.
4: Well, that sounds like Ereshkigal.
2: Wasn't she one of the ones from Tedisura's story? I mean, it lines up. A okay. demon prince. So...
1: She prince or princess? Prince.
2: All prince's.
1: They're all princes? Okay.
0: They use the term prince as a gender Title. neutral term. Okay. There was once a cult that inhabited the Sphinx for many long years. In that time, my tribe lived here. The cult kept to themselves. In the time of our ancestors, a group of warriors came through, worshipers of the sun. Hmm. They destroyed the cult. All of the cultists, to our belief, were slain, and the warriors, fewer in number than when they arrived, left. Mm -hmm. Seeing this place abandoned, and having grown beyond the walls of this place, my pride settled near the sightless Sphinx. We guarded the site, established our camp in its shadow, But until Usareb none dared enter, there was no reason to take the chance at stirring up old, sleeping evils.
4: When was that?
0: It was perhaps three months back when Usareb entered.
4: Usareb may have had that idea given to him.
0: His eyes narrow. By who?
4: Well, it wouldn't be the first time this cult has convinced others to do their dirty work in stirring up
1: evil. They are known to use enchantment magics to befuddle the mind and control
0: people.
4: And if they wanted this sat, that'd be a heck of a way to get it.
0: All the more reason to paint the desert red with their blood. Hmm. We don't know what happened specifically inside the sightless sphinx. My daughter. His face takes on a pained expression. She said that her brother and her, his companions, explored the Sphinx's empty rooms, and that something appeared before them darkness darker than the surrounding shadow, a door opening in air.
4: Hollis's eyes and open through real
0: wide. It stepped out a six limbed being with the head of a dog or a jackal that there was something like a shadow that washed over them like fire but cold and that it offered them power and guidance. Usurib and his companions gave in to the temptation, swore to serve it, my daughter was able to resist and fled.
2: Does that sound like the Black Pharaoh? The shadow thing does.
0: The shadow element to it does. Although you may make a knowledge of the planes if you so wish. I would also allow an altar, Kona.
4: They're the same bonus for me. Uh, knowledge of the plane is a uh, thirty-four, or er,
2: yeah, thirty-four. How many legs does Lamash? Or how many limbs does Lamash? You have? But she's pregnant. That would be a detail.
0: Lamash two is uh, two arms, two legs, two wings.
2: Okay,
4: yep. so.
2: We know that there was a sister that was fighting, but I thought she was a scorpion, so I don't think.
1: Yeah, she's, a, she's scorpion. a scorpion. Yeah.
2: The jackal thing leads back to the story from Tethisura because mm-hmm. the there was the remember she did something with a jackal. Yeah, this is all wrapped around mm-hmm. that story. And I think Narlathoep I mean, was in
1: that was story. Was giving us a hint with her story.
4: She was essentially warning us that something real bad was going to be here, which is,
3: yep.
1: I mean, seems this like sounds it. really bad.
3: I rolled a. 19 for a a 30 on Arcana. Nice! Our studying is paying off. It is.
0: So, both of you realize two things. That door of shadow sounds like it was some sort of portal. Mm -hmm. They might have triggered some sort of trap, or there might literally be some sort of power influencing this place and capable of traveling through a portal. Um, That sounded more like a gate than anything else, as if allowing something from the outer planes to step physically into this plane.
4: Oh, I don't like that at all.
1: That's a bad sign, especially if that... uh Well, I guess it can't still be open because we'd be overrun with evil,
4: mm.
0: you assume. Hollis, with your connection of something with the Abyssal Realms, something with six limbs and the head of a dog or jackal, and its offering to them, it sounds like a Glabrazu. Oh.
4: Which, oh. if it is, is
0: definitely dangerous. Glabrazu are four-armed creatures, towering monstrosities with, with shining eyes and the head of a usually a dog. Huh. Two of their, their larger, more powerful limbs end in usually giant pinchers, whereas its smaller limbs end in humanoid hands. Mm. Whereas a succubus is a demon that works her wiles by exploiting the physical lusts and needs of her prey, the Glaberzoo is a tempter of a different sort, ferocious and bestial in form. The Glabrazu is in fact a master of trickery and lies. It can often cloak its form in pleasant illusions. It uses its magic to grant wishes to mortal humanoids as a method of rewarding those who succumb to its guile and deceit. As a side note, that is Wish with a capital W as Uh in the spell. Uh, A wish granted by Glabrazu always fulfills the wisher's need in the most destructive way possible. Although such methods might not be immediately apparent. So, for instance, a struggling weaponsmith might wish for fame and skill at his craft, only to find that his best patron is a cruel and sadistic murderer who uses his weapons to further his destructive desires. Mm. Still technically getting fame, it's just for the worst reasons. A lonely man who wishes for a companion might have his wish granted in the form of lost love returning to, quote, life as a vampire, or so on. Mm. The Glabrazu is nothing if not creative in addressing its mortals, immortals' desires.
4: That sounds like a Glabrazu, which... Abyssal creatures... Tempters often given wishes to mortals who succumb to its temptation, though those wishes are generally uh, generally, if you wish for something, they twist it in the worst way possible. Kind of like a genie, but worse. Like, more nefarious. Always nefarious. Well, that's just great. Yeah, which I'm not sure the cult works with, with them. I don't think the cult works with the Abyss, but it could be a separate but colliding issue.
0: I mean, thus far, what you've experienced from the cult, they seem to be rather well organized and are attempting to resurrect this fallen pharaoh for you know his own power and to lead Osirian.
4: Yeah, which would include destroying evil threats to Osirian. Yeah, they're not really a chaotic evil cult.
0: Well,
1: they they may be playing ends justify the means. Of, well, you know this will this furthers our mission and we'll deal with it after the pharaoh's back. You know, or
4: they want in this site, but um the moftet wished for power and or power to overcome the enemies i don't know what the wish could have been which means they would be strong enough to defend the site from the cult well, which is why well, the cult would camp out around it
2: well it's possible that the cult had always wanted to go but they didn't want to face the full force of the moftet and then when the moftet had to flee they moved in the they might not even necessarily be working with whatever's in the temple they just might want mm-hmm. the site
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, do i remember correctly from when i talked to uh merit hataf that they were at that site because sarathet had always been interested in that site
0: you yes you knew that sarathet had learned of the sightless sphinx um and it seemed like with access to her memories the forgotten pharaoh decided to take it Mm. Uh, specifically why you don't know yeah But Sarathat was already aware of it. And with your memories and knowledge of Sarathat, it would not be beyond her to have just found this place, found it interesting and want to...
4: Explore it. Hmm. Curious. At least we have some idea that beyond the cult, we may have this to deal with as well. I'll have well, to see what I can find to shield our minds.
2: Maybe the Forgotten Pharaoh thinks he's powerful enough to outsmart the Glabrazu and can trick it at its own game and get some sort of wish out of it that's beneficial, but not be succumb- but not succumb to the Glabrazu's power? I don't know. I feel like he probably thinks he's powerful enough on his own. Well, I mean, access to a wish spell, even if it could be potentially corrupted, isn't anything to... You know, sneeze at. Well, I mean, he could just be not
4: smart enough to know that glabrazoo wishbells always bite you because they do 100% of the time come back to make your life harder than it was before.
0: Hmm. Technically, Hollis gets two questions about the glabrazoo.
2: I'll save them until we fight one. <laughs> or he just thinks that whatever goes bad with it is something that he'll be able to overcome, so it's worth the risk. Eh.
3: I think we have a lot of conjecture going on and we need more concrete answers.
2: Yeah, the only way to
1: get Regardless, them to go out, the out there. the summary of it is, is this, to this to is go going to be there. very bad for us.
2: Well, mm. first we need to get our new friends here home and then we'll head for the Sightless Finks. Well, apparently it's on the way. Exactly. Kind of.
0: We'd be happy to take you, well, back to our people and I guess also one of yours. Farrah says, looking over towards Masika.
2: Masika frowns slightly.
4: I guess to, to, to Rahi and uh, Areyu, Hollis will say, I think our current plan is to return to the Amaran, uh, see what Masika's mentor has to say because she's out there and then handle the cult. I don't know if you wish to aid us in that or if being uh, in conflict with uh, potentially corrupted members of your own pride is too much. We could send you a missive when we prepare to strike if that is something that you would like to join in.
0: Aurelia looks up towards his daughter. She looks down for a long moment. I will follow you north when you find the place where these... She nods to the two catfolk. Companions of yours live. I will guide you from there. I could help at a distance against the cult, but I will not draw my weapons against... She leaves it there.
2: Of course. That's understandable. I mean, if we can save them,
3: we will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Killing them is not our first option at all. I do have some experience with curses, so if it's something like that, we will do our best. If it's something magical, Hollis is very talented. We might Mm -hmm. be able to bring them back.
0: If you can save them, you will have done a great service to my people. If they are injured, In body or soul. Bring them to us, and we will do what we can to aid them. Mm. They are all of our children, and I I do not know how long we can survive without them.
3: We'll do everything that we can. Mm -hmm.
0: There is, in their case, in the case of all youths who try, and fell or make mistakes. Wisdom to be found in failure. They are led astray, but not necessarily lost. You are as kind as you are strong. (sighs) Thank you. Of course. We do not know the layout of the structure you'll be entering. We have not entered it.
3: Hollis, you got anything to help with that? Uh...
2: Most of the places we go into, we don't have any idea what's inside anyway. Masika kind of shrugs. Mm -hmm. We'll make it work. We will just do our best to ensure that we are
4: careful as we traverse through that uh, evil heart of the temple.
0: So that you are aware, the statue, from its paws to its base, is perhaps some 500 feet in length. Wow. easily more than half of that in width. I do not know how much of that is filled with rooms
4: or how far below the sand it goes
0: or how far above into the upper reaches of the statue.
3: Hmm. This is like the desert temple from Ocarina of Time. Nice.
0: There is a single entrance located just between its paws. You can see the little door there down at the bottom of the statue.
4: Yep. (laughs) Very cool. Cool. Her boobs look like eyes. (laughs)
1: <laughs> a little bit. She looks kind of like an owl, a little bit yeah. with the with the scale male kind of uh, uh, breastplate that she's got on, hooters, Owl-bodies. if you will.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it very much.
1: Excellent, excellent.
4: Am I correct in thinking that book five is going to be inside the Sphinx?
2: No, the, well, this book is in the shadow of the sightless Sphinx, so I imagine book five is in is the end of whatever's inside the sightless Sphinx. Okay.
0: Who knows?
1: Book yeah. six can be as going to the flying, flying pyramid. Uh, pyramid.
2: Well, I mean, like, this book probably ends at the end of the Sightless Sphinx, and I have no idea what book four, and f- or book five, and six are gonna be, so who the f*** knows? I know, it feels who like knows? we're getting close to the end, but we're not, so I'm confused. Well, we're in book four. Usually, book five is the temple grind. Maybe they mixed it up for this one. Maybe. Maybe. Mayhaps. Also, book three Throw just took formula. Formula. so long.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. I suppose there is nothing more I can offer you, except our blessings.
3: Well, if you don't mind us trespassing on your hospitality for one more night while we rest up and we can set out tomorrow. Well, it's pretty early.
2: Oh, yeah, is but it you already used your spell. Oh yeah, I guess so.
1: <laughs> and you dismissed it. You explicitly said it. you dismissed it.
4: <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. All right, Setcher, so bring your books. We're going to go study. What's that next spell you're trying to
3: learn? I don't know, I'll have to check.
1: What is that spell and why is it Glitter Dust?
0: What is that <laughs> spell and why is
4: it Glitter Dust? I don't know Glitter Dust, I can't even teach her that spell. <laughs> you can't, you don't know Glitter Dust?
0: Oh, I love that spell. I don't know, spell. maybe
4: I do, let me look. How do that you not have Glitter
0: so Dust? so fun. Well, I don't know. I, just don't.
4: <laughs> I have seen Invisibility, that's why I don't have Glitter Dust.
1: Ah. Uh, I'll pick it up only next time where somewhere though. I can pick things up. Maybe the Amaron have
0: uh, access I'll to I was saying, does the moftet
2: have anything for sale?
0: Uh, I believe the gold piece limit here is 500 gold pieces.
2: <laughs>
3: so
0: probably not So, not so I mean, much. you can pick up, like, if you needed a replacement scroll of fly or scroll of glitter dust, you could feasibly find it here.
4: Okay, I'll buy a scroll of glitter dust. That's a first level spell. What's the scroll <laughs> price for that?
0: <laughs> All right, it's so like basically you finish something. up here, <laughs> you know, you go uh, put your bags down in the same building that you're occupying previously. You hit the Moftet Market, which is literally just you know one guy with one of those uh big carts that you always see anytime that you're watching a movie about new york where it's like open and it's got like keychains and t-shirts and all the rest of that stuff hanging everywhere except for they're all magical yep (laughs) you just walk up he's like hello stranger what are you buying
2: yeah what are you buying
0: (laughs) i'll buy it at a high price
4: 25 gold pieces (laughs) i'm buying a scroll of glitter dust
0: okay it's kind of your last chance to stock up before making your way to the uh Sightless Sphinx. How
4: much is a scroll of Fly? I am fly?
0: B-R-O-K-E.
4: Don't, uh, oh, don't buy a scroll of Fly. I can scribe scroll. Oh, okay. Did
1: Hollis just remember a class ability?
4: I <gasps> have literally used it once to make three, or three times, I guess, to make three <laughs> scrolls of threefold sight and then never cast them. But
2: Masika and Narmer spend their day playing with the Moftet children. Hollis mostly reads and scribes scrolls and stuff.
0: So you'll hang out with the other Amaron. So you... Relax for the day. Awaken the following day and set off, I imagine. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Moftet bid all of you farewell. Um, as a side note, if, uh, unless you turn them down, which is completely up to you, the Mofftet, w- Moff-tet would provide you with uh, 40 days worth of trail rations.
2: Yeah. Wow. Not, turn let's down. not turn them down. No. Yeah, we're going to uh, take that. Yeah. We'll yeah. load up the camels. Uh-huh.
0: So, yeah, they provide you with a variety of food stuff and everything else that they seem to have. uh, Not in abundance, but this is what they can spare. Is that 40 total or like 40 each? 40 total. Okay.
4: When can I try to learn that ritual again?
0: uh, It needs to have been at least six days since you last attempted.
4: And the last time I attempted, we were with Fall Tone. I don't know how many days it's been.
3: Yeah, on the third, I have written down, but... Because it was... We left on the 6th, but we did it on the 3rd.
0: And what is today?
3: It's the 19th. Okay, so what do I roll to know this? To see if I learn
4: it this time? Not that I think we need to use it immediately, but it could be helpful. Also, it's a cool magic thing.
0: Also, unfortunately, depending on how it like, even the best of circumstances, you weaken yourself using it. So
4: Yeah, so I probably don't want to use it right now, but Hollis just wants to know it because, you know, knowing things is power, and power is good, and knowing things is good.
0: Knowing is half the battle. True. It is a straight up intelligence roll.
4: All right.
0: DC twenty one. I rolled it. Roll one. Oh, oh you did. Oh okay. <laughs> a, so like a little heavy squeak. Jessica. I wasn't sure if that was good or bad. Sorry, be I rolled it before
1: one. I
4: knew the DC, so that I would like—I don't know—not have to wait and see if I got. I don't know. funny. Uh oh, I'm gonna do All real right. bad if we have combat.
0: Well, best hope we don't have any combat coming up.
4: <laughs> I learned a thing.
0: So very uh, nice. Yeah, you know the uh, ritual call beyond the veil. I don't know if Hollis feels like taking the risk of actually trying to use it right now, considering, no. you know.
4: Hollis just wants to make sure she knows it. Hollis is very pleased with herself.
0: But yeah, uh, all of you awaken the following morning. Hollis is excited because she's finally, she's pretty sure she's mastered this ritual although she hasn't used it yet so she doesn't know for 100% sure but pretty sure you had a you had a breakthrough in your your thought process when you're thinking about the magic last night it helps that you're no longer thinking about the
1: conspiracy board
4: sure (laughs) that was a nice uh, brain break
0: yeah (laughs) but from there you set off uh, making your way out from the ruins of caramal and traveling north you don't have to travel particularly far well let me to rephrase that. You are traveling particularly far. However, it doesn't take you particularly long considering the unnecessary speed of these camels and uh, magical Narmer Chariot.
4: Yeah. I don't know. That, that
0: feels pretty <laughs> necessary. <laughs> so uh, moving at your speed of 60 feet per round, you would be able to clear the 20 miles to your destination in just over three hours. Nice. What would normally be if you were... Walking in the desert, a two-day journey. Wow! Nice. Considering that you move at half speed while walking, thirty-foot movement speed means that you're clearing um, twelve miles in a day. Yeah. So yeah, turns out having a whole bunch of uh, crazy magic stuff really helps getting around. Mm
2: -hmm. Who knew? Proving
0: that magic fixes all problems.
3: (laughs) It also causes a lot of them. It causes magic, the solution to and cause of all of life's problems. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Pretty much. With uh, Farah and Kurtesh to guide you, uh, you make good time as you make your way further north. The uh, shadow of Rahi occasionally passing over all of you as she glides back and forth overhead. As much as you guess it might be relaxing to ride in the chariot, she seems to prefer to have the, the elevation and the, uh, the safety that flight gives you.
2: hmm Soon we will fly. I can or, fly. walk
0: walk at least.
4: I mean, I could cast this fly spell, but I mean, soon our chariot will fly. hmm
1: And then poor Mystique will be left on the
0: ground all alone. Yep. Open desert gives way to these rocky plains as you make your way further. The sound of the gravel and rocks just crunching underneath the wheels of your chariots or underneath the steady clopping hooves of your camels kind of makes a monotonous drone that just rolls in the background as you make your way through here. The wind... Blowing between the rocks and occasionally picking up these eddied swirls of sands that lift up into the air, the furthest horizons lost in this distortion of heat. I believe you're still casting massender elements. Mm-hmm. I just like to check every once in a while. Eventually, ahead you can see that there's a almost a dark line in the rocky expanse as you make your way further and further north. Mm. As you begin to approach it, you find that a narrow ravine dips down beneath the level of the surrounding sand and rock. Loose chips of red shell cover the ground here. And as you descend down, it almost looks like you're descending into this this cut, like a wound in the earth of red rock. Depictions have been carved on the surrounding surfaces recently, you think, but of lion like heads carved out of the red stone. Every once in a while, you can see hieroglyphs in middle Osirian, denoting this place is sacred to she who walks in blood.
4: Oh, Sekhmet. Sekhmet. not to be confused with Akakek.
0: That's the he who walks in blood. Variegated streaks of crimson and purple ripple across the walls of the ravine as you make your way down. Just these layers of rock and settlement built up over time, making these varied striations in the surrounding rock that give this place this almost unreal supernatural look to it. As you descend down into this ravine, you see that there are numerous carvings in the surrounding walls of handholds, ladders carved to allow people to access doors that have been carved into the literal rock face windows right. that you see carved out of the surrounding rock face that look down on this ravine itself no more than maybe some 60 70 feet across
3: it's like Mesa Verde yeah
0: hmm. in the center of this expanse you can see a tall obelisk the peak of which you think reaches to maybe just a foot or two beneath the level of the ravine so that for someone even a quarter mile away depending on the angle they're approaching would not be able to see the ravine from the curvature of the surrounding sand. Again, a valley hidden in plain sight, if you will. The obelisk itself is tall, made of the same red rock as the surrounding shell, not the granite that's usually used to carve obelisks and worn down over the years. Behind it you can see maybe something like the entrance of a tomb. It looks like it's just carved into the, uh, not the face of the surrounding rock wall, but at an angle, some maybe 25 degrees. Hmm. Eyes look out at you from the surrounding windows. A few men, tall, muscular tawny, step out to watch you. A cry goes out, an articulate shout of joy from a man further along who rushes his way forward crying out for his daughters as the two catfolk dismount from the back of the chariot and stumble their way forward leaping into his outstretched arms a general clamor and happy commotion comes up from the surrounding doorways as 10 20 30 40 50 catfolk begin making their way out into the open valley eyeing all of you curiously watching towards sudi with some Mixture of apprehension and hope. Hmm. Sounds about right. Sudi, I'm sure, probably emotionally overtaken at seeing so many of your people in one place. Citra, I imagine, standing nearby. I imagine probably happy to see Sudi now reunited with his own kind. But Masika and Hollis, your eyes linger on the obelisk Hmm. and on that tomb entrance carved with the double owl and house.
2: Walk I look over to Masika. Yeah, Masika's like, hmm.
0: And we'll pick it up here next time. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so excited. people. So cool.